Hey folks, welcome to this new episode of the Tough Cut Podcast. Um, Just wanted to give a little warning. Uh, We're using a new recording software, and uh, it had a soundboard functionality. Unfortunately, that soundboard did not record into any of the audio. So uh, you might hear us referencing, I don't know, a new intern. His name is Craig, and he's making some funny sounds using a keyboard. Um, unfortunately, none of that recorded. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of silence here and there. Uh, bear with us. Thanks. Um, hello and welcome back. This is the Tough Cut Podcast, episode 104. This one is going to be interesting because um, I know we've joked about it a lot in the past. We have actually hired an intern this time. Yeah. Um, he's in charge of sound effects. So, um Let's uh let's let's get an audience clap for our uh for our new intern. That's that's a duck. That's a duck. Craig, I swear to God, there we go. There he goes. There he goes. Good job, Craig. Well, yeah. Welcome to the the new Tough Cut Studio. Um, this we're a why we budget podcast now. This is why we pay them in college credit and not give them real money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if only you could pay editors in college credit. <laughs> Anyway, um, hello and welcome back. If you've been with us before, we're the Tough Cut Podcast, and I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. I'm Jakers. And as as Craig, no word from Craig, said, this is episode 104, um, part three of the Alex Bracket uh, coming at you in today's episode. We've got Shrek versus Jurassic Park, and then in the back half, we've got Kung Pao Enter the Fist versus Princess Bride. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know. My, I, I just you, you sounded like you were going to say something. So I, I, know, I, was you to, I was about to dive in, and then I was like, wait, Jake has... Yeah, that's fine. I mean, look, we're going to be spoiling these movies. You, if you don't know how Shrek ends, it has one of the biggest plot twists in uh, this side of the century. So go watch that before uh, before you listen to this. I actually don't want you to listen to this episode if you haven't seen the ending of Shrek and don't know about, you know, the twist. Like, Is, Okay, I, I can't tell if you're making a joke about a twist in Shrek or if it's like Princess is Ogre or if it's like Donkey Horny for Dragon. What? I haven't seen Shrek yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it, we did that skit that to tell you what it would look like if you <laughs> get spoiled. <laughs> so no spoilers, because yeah. there will be ones ahead. That was all stuff we made up, if you've never yeah. seen Shrek. Yeah, 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 that was all made up. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, Jake. You're welcome, man. I'm, too, I'm so good at my job. Professional podcasters. <laughs> Let's do it. Should we just dive right in? Let's yeah, I'm ready it. to dive. All right. I picked these movies. First one is Shrek. It's about an ogre, and he is happy in his swamp, but then he's like, what if life was different? Uh, and then um, he finds love. And the other one is Jurassic Park, and they're like, I'm happy on my island, but what if it was different, and then there were dinosaurs? <laughs> um, honestly, these movies are about, about a bunch of green guys. What's up with that? Green? Hmm. Wait, are di- what? Are dinosaurs green? Pretty sure the T-Rex is greenish. It's like a brand I'll take green. it. That could be true. You ever think about if you like have a kid, then you could tell them that the color green is blue and like train them from like an early age? And yeah, it's you, like, 
you could take a step back from that, Jake. You could have yeah. a kid and completely fuck their life by lying to them. If yeah, you what if no, okay. What if don't you, say what if, it that broad. Say it in like the you, fun whimsical way I did. Don't like. What say, if you just like teach your kid that cats are dogs and dogs are cats? So they just like are fucked up, and everyone makes fun of them when they go to school. Yeah, but what if like that is the truth to them? Like we're all making this up, right? You know, it's all a social construct. All words are made up. Yeah, dude, it's like the allegory of the cave. Oh, yeah. We're philosophers, basically. uh, Yeah, the tough cut are modern day philosophers. Catch the category on iTunes changing from comedy podcast to uh, (laughs) educational. We should try just for one episode to um, just do philosophy. Yeah. (laughs) But like... Jake, Matt tries so hard. <laughs> exactly. But like, you know, I want him to like try and then I want you and I to just be like little demons. Yeah, I think that's the average podcast experience. Um, <laughs> this is probably true. Uh, with, with that said, kind of comparing these movies um, in classic Tough Cut fashion, I think there's an important question at stake here. Mm-hmm. We know that Shrek is able to subdue a dragon. What about mm. a dinosaur? Shrek. I mean, I think so, right? Toe like to toe, the, no prep time. I, he had very little prep time for the <laughs> dragon, right? Like, he was just kind of going in. Like, I think I think he obviously can take a dinosaur, right? The dragon is just a big dinosaur, but it can breathe fire and also fly. Like, what does a dinosaur have that the dragon doesn't have? Unless it's like a bunch of velociraptors. I don't think Shrek could take on a bunch of velociraptors. I think, really? honestly, I think that's the one thing you can do. You remember that fight? Uh, I, one of my favorite scenes that I think of in Sh- the Shrek franchise, actually, is when he's in the ring with the fight. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he gets the beer keg and he like splits it open and does the wrestling thing. Like, I think he would do that with a bunch of velocities. Loki, one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is during that scene when uh, Lord Farquaad is like, some of you may die, but that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. That's literally what the creator of Jurassic Park said. (laughs) Like, you know, like they're the same. (laughs) Wow, Farquaad and John Hammond, same man? Same man. Honestly, these are also both like classics. And so something I love dearly about you, Alex, is like how, how, how you... I feel like you embody those classics, you know, like you, you are such a classic friend and like such a good genuine, like friend, like, like textbook almost, you know, like you can have weird little guys like Matthew and I, but I don't think you'd call Matthew and I like textbook friends. <laughs> I think that you're like such a, like you are the embodiment of a classic. And I know we give you a lot of shit for your like movie taste sometimes, but like, I think it's good. Like there's a reason why these are classics for a reason. Like they're just good movies and you're just a good person you know what i mean sometimes sometimes i feel like i'm just like a standard uh sitcom side character that's just like the roommate of the main character (laughs) you know sometimes be going through it but is always just kind of there that's how i feel sometimes again main characters overrated everyone who watches a show they never watch it for the main character it's always for the side you know being that sitcom side character you're cashing a fat paycheck and not Mm. having to work as hard Love that. Love that for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the piece I'll throw out, similar to the point Jake is kind of making, um, you know, you are the the audience surrogate in many ways um, on your some of your movie tastes. Like, you bring films the audience wants to see to the table a lot of the time. And th- this idea of, like, bringing the classics, um, I think, is hugely resonant in pitching 
Shrek and Jurassic Park. Obviously, you know, the normally a lot of pretentious movie snob people are like, oh, that's classic. They're talking about, you know, Orson Welles or something. But when we get down to it, Shrek's in the Library of Congress, too, man. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. My brain is like so stupid. When you said Shrek is in the Library of Congress, too, I thought that was the title of a movie. Like, I thought I thought it was some <laughs> national treasure type shit. I was like, what's happening? Um, I watch. And and like that, I think, is part of what complicates this matchup in my head is this idea that these are broadly loved films and having a part of the your contributions contributions to the show and part of your taste kind of being like relatability. These mm-hmm. are both super relatable movies to love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just what I thought you meant in general. It's like it's super relatable to be on an island full of dinosaurs. Well, I don't know what kind of rich shit you're on, Matthew, but like <laughs> not all of us could do that. <laughs> yeah, we got a, a property owner over here. Oh my um, gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that's a big question, right? Of like both of these movies are classics, but which one is more of a, a classic for me? I think it, uh, a lot of people love these movies, like you said. So it's it's really a question of, do the people who love those movies love Alex? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're well, legally obligated to, but I, yeah. Some of them don't know you yet, you know? Just some. Just like a handful. <laughs> red flag. <laughs> Honestly, true. It is a red flag. If you don't know Alex, that's a red flag to me. <laughs> it also means you're not listening to this show, which is really complicated if you're hearing this right now. <laughs> I yeah, they I I rigged all Walmarts in my area to play this over the speakers so people we get more exposure. We should this partner extra. with uh we should partner with Uber so Uber drivers are like legally required to uh play our podcast while they have a, a customer in the car. God, one I of, um go ahead. Yeah. No, you go, you go. One of my favorite podcasts, um one of the hosts made a remark like well after they were mainstream enough to be like popular, well-known, successful mm-hmm. careers out of it. And those just like yeah, back in the day, um, I would take like Uber drivers' phones and subscribe them to the show, <laughs> and it's like odds are they'll never unsubscribe from it. And the other host chimes in, is like, "You still do that." And he's like, "Gotta grind for one listener at a time." <laughs> I mean, kind of honestly, I literally always thought like you know the meme or like Uber listeners like, "Oh, let me listen, like let me put you on my mixtape, or let me do whatever." I was in LA, uh, it was October, and literally, hey there, <laughs> they literally were like, "Hey, I have a mixtape, like, do you want to listen?" And I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. I felt like I made it somehow. You know, I felt like (laughs) I had somehow got famous by listening. Like, I had that story. So funny. uh, Yeah, that was strange. Anyway, way off topic. (laughs) Yeah, circling back to this idea of what is more Alex. um, Mm -hmm. I think that there is, like, similar to the experience we had in the Jake Bracket and separating Jake from the Muppets, there is this piece Mm. of separating Alex from Shrek that is nigh impossible to do. It's hard. (laughs) Um, I feel like at some point you've got to confront, like, this question of, like, what truly is more Alex and try and and separate the association from the reality. And and I think that that is something that, like, I'm still working through in, in measuring these movies. I mean, I know that you, like... 
proudly said when we first talked Jurassic Park that you were not a dino kid. Yeah, you know, having... And that pisses me off still, sorry. Honestly, having, like, two weeks or however long to think about it, I think I was wrong. I think I was a dino kid, and I just, like, didn't know it. I was in the dark. <laughs> Man got accused of being a dino kid. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Thank you, studio audience. <laughs> Man got accused of being a dino kid and had such an immediate negative uh, I know, reaction like, I, to it that he denied it vehemently. I, no, and we I said it like with that. so much heart. We said it with so much positivity. I was like, yeah, Alex is definitely dino kid vibes. And you're like, no. I don't think <laughs> it was like an aggressive, you know, uh, uh, denial. I, think. I felt it slapped me through the recording. Like it was like aggressive. You left a handprint. You physically slapped Craig. <laughs> he was still uh he was still interviewing though so it's fine oh yeah, okay. that's true good process <laughs> <laughs> had to know if he could take it jesus craig this um, is why he's gonna get an evil alter ego or something and you know that'd be crazy. we're getting into so much lore that no one is gonna care about <laughs> no, no one has any context for so brass tacks on these films yeah um jake mm-hmm What's your sort of gut reaction here? You know, like, how are you able, how are you so far in separating the Alex from the the Shrek Association? Can you judge this um, objectively or, you know, like, where are you Mm -hmm. at? Well, he kind of threw me for a loop uh, because I was going to bring up the Dino Kid thing because... If you were like a dino kid and me, my headcanon, I picture little Alex. I picture him with his little Pokemon games and little dinos and making them kiss and be like, why does that make my body feel weird? And so I, I that's how I thought. But then he said no so aggressively the last time we talked about these movies that it really took me out of it. And with Shrek, I've never felt conflicted. I know that he's through and through. If this is the Alex bracket, like it is, it is. Hard I feel like not he's to think bringing you back into the Dino Kid, though. He, but he I'm just kinda, had out and proud Dino Kid. So now you can you, let me uh, let me put you guys on something. Okay. Do you guys remember? Ooh. God, what was it? Was it? A, that was sexy. It might have been a DreamWorks movie. Um, you remember that movie that was just dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, out <laughs> drinking and singing last night. So my no, uh, I'm into it. Like I'm, um, anyway, you guys remember that? Uh, I think it was DreamWorks movie Dinosaurs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So. My brother and I got these two like stuffed animals that were merch from that movie. And it was like a dinosaur egg stuffed animal that if you mm-hmm. turned it inside out, turned into a baby dinosaur. Very cool. Um, and it had a voice box. And if you clicked it, it would talk. And it had a couple lines. And I remember all of them because my brother <laughs> and I would click it. It would say one of them, click it again, and it would say the next one. So they were... I'm a dinosaur. Let's play. Rawr. And then this last one was just it burping and it would go. Ugh. There's and someone we, out there. We that did that. that same toy and is now like being forced to reckon with. Oh, wow. my God. I had that, too. My and parents, now, you know, Alex, a little more. They had to listen to us play all of those on repeat for God minutes at a time. And let me tell you. <laughs> It only takes minutes for you to hate that toy. You saying minutes at a time really got me. I and, but see, that's what I picture. Like that is yeah. little kid Alex to me. Especially, yeah. come on, the brother angle. We all know Alex. We lo- love brothers here mm-hmm. at the Tough Cut. That's 
Ooh, that's that's what tickles me. You did you ever? Okay, I have a question for you, Alex. Uh-huh. Oatmeal. How you feel about it? Don't like it. Did you ever try the oatmeal with dino eggs in it? I actually don't think I did. I was convinced when someone told me about it uh, like two, three years ago that it was not real. Uh, and someone was playing a trick on me and they were gaslighting me. And then I saw it. I, I saw dino eggs. And then I remembered, oh, no, I've had dino eggs and oatmeal before. Um, mm. And that's just my short little story. But I was really hoping you liked oatmeal with dino eggs. You guys I remember the love um, dinosaur oatmeal? Sorry to interrupt you, Alex, but this is really <laughs> emotionally important to me. I knew, um, I knew someone would have a strong reaction. I feel like one in three people have a strong reaction to dino cereal or no, tiny piece I'll throw out on it. It's spent years dino oatmeal. It's awesome. It's basically just brown sugar uh, oatmeal with tiny sugar dinosaurs in it, but they hatch. When you when you put the water in, that reminds um, me. Do you guys remember the like? Um, you go to Dollar Tree and you get those like little pills that they like look like yeah. pills that you would like swallow, mm-hmm. except you put them in a in a bathtub or something, and they inflate mm-hmm. into little like sponges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and got, then you swallow them. And then Try you it swallow at home, them, kids. And you, got, and you got dinosaurs inside you, or sometimes <laughs> zoo animals. Dinos inside you is just the name of our concept album. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i don't know it might be points off of jurassic park that you haven't had dino oatmeal um alex but that's something i I need to consider i haven't had dino oatmeal but i did go on like a um hostel trip with my grandma where we went um it was like an archaeology kind of trip it was a science trip and uh uh, we went digging for bones your grandma stayed in a hostel uh it was an elder hostel yeah an elder why does that sound like a video game? What is an elder hostel? What do you yeah. mean? That's that's what it's called. And uh, I remember I met this kid and we talked about um, Shaolin Showdown. I was Ooh. like eight years old when I went on this elder hostel. And I did not find any dinosaur bones, but I found lots of shark vertebra. Hmm. Yep. Are, Are aren't sure sharks wasn't... dinosaurs? No, but they're as old as dinosaurs. Yeah. Different, different creatures. <laughs> dinosaurs doesn't just refer to the time period. <laughs> i don't know man aren't alligators um, dinosaurs um no i think you're wrong actually they're, they're reptile uh, they're both reptiles yeah but i think alligators like came from dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Are, dinosaurs are not reptiles they're dinosaurs they're a different thing oh see he's fact-checking that, us with his that, dino knowledge what the hell are you guys talking about <laughs> aren't some birds dinosaurs Birds are descendants of dinosaurs. They are more closely related to dinosaurs than reptiles are. Mm, just like we're kind of like the closest uh, DNA that we have is to a banana. <laughs> okay, uh, you know what? I'm going to say that you two. <laughs> I'm so, no, Google that shit. Like our like d- bananas, we share almost like 70% of our like DNA with bananas. Yeah, but we're not closest to bananas. Well, we don't share 70% of our DNA with anything else. We should probably share more than 70% with a chimpanzee, Jake. What the fuck are you talking about? This is that this is that meme where it's um like a text conversation between Shadow and uh Rouge and Eggman walks up and is just what the fuck are you two talking about? I feel lost right now. Can we vote? <laughs> I, I like I guess we can. I feel like this conversation has just been us 
<laughs> briefly using Shrek or Jurassic Park to talk about a new tangent. That's all this has been. Honestly, that feels I, very Alex Brackett to me. But I gave very good in the beginning, talking about the classics and stuff. You know, I gave I gave very good <laughs> I in the gave beginning. Very good. <laughs> all right, Jake. I'm, Jake, no, the banana thing is real. Yes, vote. Jake has to vote. Is that true? I decree it. I decree it. Jake, vote. <laughs> Can I vote for banana? No. There are two movies. No Ghost Rider either. Damn. Okay. You know what? Um, justice for Dinos. I'm voting Jurassic Park here. Whoa. Yeah. Um. Damn. Justice for Dinos really makes me want to vote for <laughs> Jurassic that's Park. A good line, Jake. That's a You're good welcome. line. Um, but I, I'm a I'm a make Alex choose between his children, his ogre children, or his um, reptiloid dinosaur children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to vote for Shrek. Well, according to Jurassic Park, those dinos weren't supposed to have any children, and it's it's bad that they did because that means there are more dinos than there should be. And they can't regulate the park, so I'm gonna vote for Shrek. Damn. I mean, people talk about uh, capitalism. Frog <laughs> DNA. We got to talk, talk about bananas. We got one. Talk about capitalism. I, well, well, yeah, like in general, but like one day we'll have Jurassic Park back on the show, and I, and I can really get into it. Oh, you just um, you want to talk about the whole like park? You know, like they they're not yeah, nice. The danger in the the spared no expense when actually. Mm-hmm essentially you know he's a marketing guy and that's basically he did not spare i mean he spared lots of expenses we kind of talked about it with the lord farquaad comparison you know my favorite thing is that michael creighton was involved in i mean he wrote jurassic park but he also was involved in westworld so it really just turns out that he hates theme parks that (laughs) makes sense um and with that shrek advances um and alex's ogre children live another day we will have to unfortunately unceremoniously <laughs> send the reptiloids back to the center of the earth. Um, <laughs> thank you, Craig. That's what we call comedic timing, baby. Um, and Alex, you want to go ahead and introduce the uh, other matchup in this bracket? Yeah, I don't know exactly how or why, but we picked Kung Pao Enter the Fist <laughs> to move on. Um, this Not is, a strong um, start. For <laughs> no, it's it's so, it's so funny. Like this movie does have a lot of um, emotional resonance for me, and like you know my memories with it, things like that. The the strong memories of like rewatching it and things like that in college. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a dubbed over Chinese karate film uh, or kung fu movie, and um, he he CGI'd himself into it and rewrote the story, and there are aliens in it. Uh, pretty fun. And mm-hmm. then there's also Princess Bride, classic uh, romance fantasy uh, comedy, uh, 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 simultaneously inventing and uh, tearing apart the form. Very wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you for that, Alex. Um, you're, you're such a sweet little boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like... Sorry, like, how dare you? Like, I was, like, reflecting on my picks for, um, you know, the the jacket. And, like, and then compared to your pick, like, you, you just have sweet little movies. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, The Princess Bride and how, like, sweet of a little movie it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of pisses off how sweet you are. Anyway. Vanilla Boy. Vanilla Boy of the podcast. I just, I just, I love this man. I'd go to war for this man. Yeah, 
That's it. I mean, that's that's my contribution. What were you going to say, Matthew? Um, I was just going to launch us into a, a first possible topic of conversation. Um, that's not what we do here. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll revise. I'll revise. Pivot. Um, so I, I, I think that there is a piece where both of these films are there are elements of subversion and parody to the genres they come from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very, very clear how Kung Pao Enter the Fist is parodying the the sort of wuxia, like martial hero genre. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that one, that's just at face value. Um, but similarly, like uh, in Princess Bride, there are also definitely elements where it is engaging in subversion or parody. Um, a lot of that becomes very evident through the the, the frame story element of it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the the grandson, like, being like, well, you know, like, why isn't the bad guy getting his comeuppance uh, sort of thing? And, like, ultimately, the story ends on a positive note. Um, but there there are bits and pieces that I, you know, I think are pretty evidently parody. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to get, like, what are your guys' sort of takes on that idea? How, how do we like the ways that these movies are subversive or the ways that they use their parody? Um, yeah. I mean, Alex, I think take it away. From a oh. young age, I've always loved parody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like Evid- and I very think evident from what very we evident got in, this in the movies that I have picked. <laughs> um, like I've always loved comedy, and I think you know, I feel like that is something that little kids love, right? It's like once they understand something, when it's not that way, it's like, ha <laughs> so funny. Um, and so I think like these movies, watching them as a little kid, like just meant so much to me because I enjoyed them so much. Mm. Um, I think they both do it very well and for like in very different ways where like, obviously Kung Pao does a ton of parody, but as like a little kid, I hadn't seen many of those like martial hero movies. Right. So it was just like a, Oh, this is funny because it like, it does parody, but it is also just very funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, I feel like, Watching Princess Bride, I always just like loved it as a movie. I didn't necessarily realize how much of a parody it was until I watched it when I was mm-hmm. older. I think yeah. like, I remember rewatching it recently and being like, "Wow, wait, this is really funny," which is not what I necessarily expected from it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Kung Pao Into the Fist feels very funny on its own. I feel like Princess Bride took a little bit for me to get. But I, I very much appreciate it now. I feel like Princess Bride is one of those movies, and this is like one of my favorite kinds of movies where you watch it as a kid, you like it for one reason, and then you watch it again in different different parts of your life and you like it again for like different reasons. And I think that's like yeah. everyone has those movies with them. Um, and this one makes complete sense for you, Alex, like to like it in all these different periods of like time you wholesome motherfucker um you know like i i I, and i think there's something really special about that as a movie just as a movie that princess bride does compound for the fist like you know what you're getting into it's a rip roar in time and it's like a very specific like very good memories associated with the movie but i think there's there's something like complex and something like really emblematic of your growth as a person that princess bride through these years has given you all these different things uh and that's something i really like 
Yeah, I, I, I very much agree with your take there, Jake, um, especially related to Princess Bride. I think it is a movie that begs the question on the viewer recontextualizing it as they sort of familiarize themselves both with genre tropes and then also um, just like as a film in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It is possible to view the Princess Bride straight up, you know, like especially as you kind of described as being a kid, Alex, and watching it. Um, and taking the story sort of at face value for what it's worth. It still does tell like this heroic tale um, and sort of faded and um, with elements of faded love. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until you have the opportunity to contextualize all of that, that it becomes an effective parody, essentially. And I, and, um, I just think that that is like a very cool relationship for a, a movie to have or a very cool thing that a movie can do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like I literally feel like you watched it as a kid and you were the little kid or like, ew, the kissing parts, ew, like the stuff. And then eventually just like liking it because it's like pirates or like, you know, whatever thing. And then like you slowly the way the movie is like made when you get older, you slowly are on the side of like, you know, the grandfather and the side of all these things. And it's like, oh, that's amazing. Like passing down this like the way to tell a story and the way to experience a story, I think is like really cool. And I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's easy to fall in love with this movie as a kid, too, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. got one of the greatest sword fights, I think, in cinema history. That's that's a good question. Which which of these movies do you think has better action scenes? Because, like, obviously <laughs> this is, like, one of, in my opinion, the best sword fights in movie history. But I think at the same time, like, the way that Kung Pao Enter the Fist had to, like film its action sequences to like put him into them with green screen stuff, green screening the guy with the boom box in the background. Like there's a <laughs> lot of very fun, creative stuff happening. And it's those. creative action that, so I, I want to honestly give it to Kung Pound to the fist because like princess bride, that scene is very fun and very cool. There's something very nostalgic about that fight and very, very like good. Um, but it is just like kind of, you know, that one that stands out to me. I think all the other action set pieces, like, they're enjoyable, but I think the creativity that goes into Kung Palette for the Fist, I think, give it a slight edge in that regard. Mm. You got me thinking of sword fights now. I was just thinking of the uh, three-way sword fight between Will... Uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Pirates of the Caribbean 2, yeah. It's a good one. God, that one's so good. Maybe we'll do a sword fight bracket. Ooh. Um... <laughs> Um, where we watch an entire three-hour movie for one five-minute sword fight. Well, that could be like a, a speed bracket bonus episode. We that's do best true. duels, best duels oh, scenes. That's a good idea. That's a good There's idea. actually a lot that come to my mind. Um, oh, Craig, note that down for us. Rango. Anyway, um, j jumping back Johnny to the central Depp question. Jumping back to the central question that Alex posed here. <laughs> um, there is something undeniably impressive about what Kung Pao Enter the Fist manages in terms of its action, given mm -hmm. the way that it has to film it. It is really pretty remarkable and very, very creative. Um, and is one of the, in my opinion, coolest things about that movie is like, we talked about this, I think a little bit last time, but um, ostensibly taking something that already exists and recontextualizing uh, it to fit the, the, narrative scene structure and other things that like you're trying to put together mm -hmm. um with that said you got to put some respect on the name of um 
upfront, good direction acting choreography that Princess Bride is able to do. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is, as Alex said, one of the best sword fights in, in film um, for what I think are very evident reasons. Um, Name them. They were apparently when they were filming it, um, they like choreographed the whole thing. Carrie Elwes and uh, uh, Mandy Patinkin like learned mm-hmm. it. Uh, and then they like showed it to the director and the director was like, mm, that's really good. Let's make it twice as long. Nice. <laughs> the, they had to like double the whole length of it. God, never I, be I, too good at your job or you'll get more work, you know? The life of the the best supporting, you know, sitcom character. Mm-hmm, you just mm-hmm. roll up for those one liners, <laughs> baby. You can collect your royalties for the rest of forever. Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> not not to actually name them but you know I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are lots of very good things about it choreography is no, great the infl- the you know infusing humor into it sort of etc et yeah using um, using the way talk like that's how like i picture alex like writing a scene like using this space like and because you know I've, I've also performed with this man or, like you know we've done like sketch comedy together so like i know how alex uses a space and I think Princess Bride, especially in those scenes, especially in that sword fight, just use the space really, really well and they always make it interesting. Uh, you know, they have a random pull up bar in that fight. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so, <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, but I think that's, again, another very, very Alex, Alex core uh, choice and thing. I don't yeah. like it. Maybe I just need to see more of your green screen work, Alex. Maybe that's what I need. Oh, yeah. Maybe here it comes. That- <laughs> nice what'll unlock the next phase in his um career is the leveraging the green screen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. another just like interesting point of comparison between these films obviously they both engage in elements of parody and subversion there's mm-hmm. also this like weird adaptational relationship where princess bride is just like a straight up adaptation ish thing um a book exists they Share the same like general structure of a frame story and you know Mm -hmm. um buttercup and the dread pirate roberts etc etc however the the nature of the frame story differs pretty significantly it gets to the it was actually this idea that you mentioned earlier jake of like what it means to pass down a story and how we receive stories and tell stories is like a very very central element of the novel Mm -hmm. um which takes a much more dour perspective in a lot of ways. Um, but then also, dour. then also, very strangely, despite totally departing from its original source material, Kung Pao Under <laughs> the Fist is yeah. also kind of in this weird adaptation-ish limbo where it is yeah. cobbling together pieces of a pre-existing thing, um, which, like, I feel like at surface level, you could not have, like, more different pieces like pieces of fiction but they share like building block yeah. components Dude, this is why we do the podcast very yeah, strange like way. literally these movies and have no right to I be compared like one of my favorite things about that's the, the point and i think like no it's something you don't really get in these like adaptation movies is like they show you in the credits them like making it like they show you the side by side comparisons mm-hmm. of the scenes, like him getting green screened in and stuff. Like that's so cool. Um, yeah. Like you, you can't get that when you're watching just like kind of a more standard remake or adaptation or something. So, 
yeah, I think it, it it's very cool and very fun, um, which is something that I like have grown to appreciate more about this movie the older I get. I feel like I just had a like <laughs> I had a realization. There's some universe out there where Kong Pao Into the Fist got nominated for an Oscar, right? And <laughs> if they got nominated for like their screenplay, <laughs> I think it would have to be in Best Adapted <laughs> Screenplay. I, I like, like, yeah, totally. I, and I think there'd be uproar. Like, I could picture Twitter being like, "No, it's an original screenplay," or like, "No, it's what," I, and like, you know, like, I think there'd be like some tension. Maybe that's why it didn't get nominated. Honestly, yeah, it would have been too contentious. Yeah, and Oscars are famous for not wanting contention. That's fair. The <laughs> The Academy just wasn't willing to yeah. get their their it's little so thingies dirty on the so questions people wanted answered. Yeah, it, I I just think that that is like such a mm-hmm. weird and fascinating thing these share in common. The like adaptation ish status is wild. Um, and I, I I think they both leverage their source material in really interesting ways. I think Princess Bride has some slightly more intellectual things maybe to say. Mm. Um, about like why it changed or departed from its source material. Um, but not to downplay what Kung Pao Into the Fist does. Um, there is like, as we've called out quite a few times, mm. a masterwork of creativity on display to create a movie from another movie using their shots, etc. I um, wonder truly cannot be understood. I wonder if like, it happened again. Wild you know, like I do. wonder what the next like like what if someone tried to approach doing this like now with like today's technology and like today's like old movie, like the movies that you can use? Um, well, I think um, I think the closest we've gotten and this is pretty different, but like the closest we've gotten is something like the disaster artist, right? Where wow. it's like hmm. remaking these scenes shot for shot, you know, um, that's kind of I mean, yeah, I could see that. I could see I that. Think, I mean, I just think it'd be, be interesting. interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe you should do that. Maybe this should, and it would help getting an updated, you know, because some of those jokes in Kung Pao didn't age well, but like, you know, whatever. Um, we talked about it, but what if we, what if we just did it today? I think it'd be funny as hell. If we took, if we took uh, scenes from Kung Pao Enter the Fist and remade them. <laughs> we just do gone. Kung Pao Enter the Fist and we remake them. It. Like, just keep, it's the movie that keeps on being remade, but just yeah. like keeps the back. That's kind of funny too. At the That's end of the great. day, it becomes like a, um, God, what's the boat metaphor? Oh, ship of uh, Theseus. Yeah, the ship of Theseus. But wow, I beat Matthew to the punch on a philosophical thing. Ship of Theseus. Woo! Wow. That'd be pretty Woo! fun. I would love like a, oh my God. <laughs> God, the uh, calm down, audience. Okay, Craig. Hey, you're on thin ice, Craig. Okay, now Craig's just adding salt um, to the wound. Wow. Um, the the idea of taking it into a new movie, this, not even necessarily like recreating yeah. it straight up or something, yeah. but morphing it into an entirely new like, story based on its parts. That ship of Theseus would be incredible. Imagine, like, if, if I was yeah. a theater. Uh, or I don't know, a film professor at a university, digital media production professor. I don't fucking know, dude. That's what I would assign. That's that's your term project. It's going to account for 80% of your grade. It'd be like so funny. It's like, you know, that uh, one anime (laughs) where they dub over it and do their own ghost, ghost stories. Yeah. It's something like that. That, that She's a ghost and a bitch. bitch. Yeah. Uh, Nice. Yeah. There is, um, I think, like, 
this like weirdly philosophical question at the heart of doing something like that um in the way it perpetuates a piece of art that like when something starts to take on a life of its own like a piece of art starts to take on a life of its own i think is like a really cool tipping point it, it's almost like as jake mentioned before we live in this world where like you know, maybe Kung Pao into the Fist could have really taken off and taken on sort of like this different level of cult status, yeah. sort of like what we did see happen to Princess Bride. Like it is an absolute, mm-hmm. not just cult classic. So much anymore. reverence. I mean, it's literally when like the pandemic like, happened, like all the celebrities were recreating it in their backyard, like because they love it. Like all these actors who are like actor, actors, they're just like, I love Princess Bride. Yeah. Like that's amazing. They, they, yeah, exactly. It took on a life of its own and they worked together to, uh, you know, de- in disaster artist fashion, recreate the entire film shot for shot or as close as you can get filming it in your backyard. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. There's something really special about loving a movie so much or just feeling like it's like really sudden so much any piece of art and like putting your own thing on it. And I think that's both of these films obviously have done that with like, their audiences and i love that alex like picked that because i know it, it shows me how much you genuinely love the the stuff you love and like you know you're like art and entertainment and stuff like there's a reason you're also on this podcast too you wouldn't be you know once a week I like recording be. stuff talking about movies if you didn't like movies so like it's good i i like seeing that you know i like i wouldn't be oh guys this might be my last yeah, episode you wouldn't be <laughs> you wouldn't be damn it it was all a ploy, actually. We've been trying to fire you, but it's been an HR nightmare. So I'm trying to make it seem like it's yeah, your idea, you know? Wait, am I being replaced by Craig? <laughs> Calm down. Don't put the cart before the horse there. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. Craig, what Craig, what do you have to say about that? Craig. Just just imagine the soundboard doesn't work. <laughs> I really hope the soundboard <laughs> the randomly doesn't work. The number of Craig jokes we've made that just uh, don't make any sense. So that's going to be Alex's nightmare because he's going to go in and have to put those sounds in. I won't. And <laughs> yeah, so just cut all of it out. Um, if that's the case. All the Craig stuff out? Almost might be, might be worse. <laughs> Please, though. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, I think we're approaching... Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe voting i don't know if there, you guys have more thoughts or more things you would want to to call out with this one uh, no i mean yeah i think i feel comfortable i feel comfy let's do it matt start us out i mean at the end of the day which one's more me yeah at the end of the day not at the beginning you don't wake up and think oh this one's alex it's what you think late night your playlist you know the one is playing oh, no <laughs> tossing and turning in my bed being like why did I say that? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> your most anxious self. What happened? <laughs> okay. Here's, here's the thing. You're in bed at midnight and you're like, huh, Alex is watching a movie. I wonder what movies he's watching. Which movie is it? Mm. Well, that changed and my I answer. Do, I do. Yeah, that does change the answer. And I do think of that before I go to sleep every single night. Yeah, that's true. I mean, during weeks when we're watching movies for the show, I can <laughs> wait for a guess <laughs> as to what he's watching late at night. <laughs> that's really tough. I feel like I'm suddenly conflicted. Vote with your heart, man. Vote with your soul. Vote for the way my soul sees Alex's soul. Mm-hmm. If we were if we were two nameless, faceless ghosts wandering in the void, <laughs> what movie would your void ghost want to watch with my void ghost? Aw. I yeah. they're not gonna watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have to vote void for Void Ghost and Chill. Um <laughs> 
Matthew, free us, please vote. No, free this us. is it's, sorry, sorry. I'm just like I'm 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 deep in pinturing our void ghosts. Yeah, yeah. We really got him on the to. whole 3 a.m. playlist thing. It re- he really put himself there. You're too method right now. <laughs> if there's anything you can criticize me for, it's that I'm <laughs> too method. I think based on the frame we've set up, I have to vote for Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think that just yeah makes sense. Without the frame, my vote might have been different, but we're we're too deep in for me to separate. We're too deep <laughs> in. All right, give me a frame. I want a frame. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> oh, let him cook. Let him cook. He has something. Look at those gears turning. Um. Give you a frame. You, you ever <laughs> seen the music video for One Direction's Night Changes? Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's really a cinematic masterpiece. Uh-huh. Imagine yourself mm. as the night progresses on many uh. different soulful dates with Alex. Oh. Many different versions of him. Ooh. Yeah. And Ooh. okay, you get to the end of it. And, and One Direction is playing. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. And maybe some songs from Harry's house. I know, I know it messes up the timeline, but it's a good album. What can I say? Hot um, take. I thought it wasn't a good album. Um, but we, we, we are not the, here to do that. Uh, we, we can't do that right now. We that's can't do the it right frame. now. You gave me a framework, frame. and I'm, I'm romanticizing my life with multiple Alexes. Um, it's cooking. Which really, it just means I care about our faded, undying love. So I have to vote for Princess Bride. <sighs> The frame set wow. it up. The frame set it up. All right, give me a frame. You're on a podcast. <laughs> You're on a, yeah, I literally was, I was this close to saying the same thing. You're on a podcast with two people. Yeah, with, with two of your good friends. You guys yeah. just hired an intern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're talking about movies that represent you. Wow. Right. I feel like I've had to make more of these decisions than Jake did. I know. That we were more unanimous with mine. Um, I think I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Princess Bride. Ice in his veins. He cares about our undying <laughs> love. Uh, He's going to go watch the Night Changes video after this. Ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, after this, I'm going to play Fortnite. Jake, want to play? Hey, yo. I need I to I eat lunch, but Matthew, you trying to drop? Why did I get left out? You said you had to go. I, I, I mean, I, I I do. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, you, but like, what you, you know, you didn't have to leave me out. I assumed you had to go. Hey, we got time for a match. We do. Um. Anyway, anyway. So with that, Princess Bride is moving on. We let's wrap this up quickly so we can do some Fortnite. <laughs> we just outed um, yeah. ourselves so, <laughs> so badly. The Alex Bracket finale. No leaving it in will be Shrek versus the Princess Bride. Um. A true insight to a man's soul. What does it tell you? I truly feel like this is like the number one and two seed in a bracket. You know, I feel like this is this is a big, big time contender going up. If, if you'd asked me going into it, that yeah. that is that is what I would have would have put this there. So, yeah, um, here we are. That should be a lot of fun. So join us next week for that. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed today's episode, um, make sure to rate and review the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Keep an eye out. Also, this week, we'll be asking for what movies you think Alex, you know, define Alex or like you guys. Listen. What would he like? What, what would he like? What would he enjoy seeing? 
Well, well, you're you're up at 2 a.m. <laughs> you know, you're anxious as hell. You're thinking of the Tough Cut Boys. <laughs> and you're as like, many oh. people do as they drift off to bed. As many people do. I recommend playing the Tough Cut episodes if you want to fall asleep. Wait. If you want to stay up. If you want to stay up a little bit later. If you want to stay up. Yeah. Feel spice. But, um, we'll be asking for those honorable mentions, and we'd love to hear them, and we'll shout them out at the beginning of the next episode. And if you like what you heard, who should they share this episode with? Share it with your Craig. Share it with your intern. Share it with an intern. Yeah. Share it with. <laughs> yeah. Force your force your employees to uh, listen to it. Yes. Yeah. Starts one listener at a time. And audience, it's now your job. Yeah. Come on. We're tired. I'm not promoting the show this. anymore. Yeah. It's your job now. Yeah. Yeah. If you like this episode, make an Uber driver subscribe. This is a call <laughs> to action. Listeners, tough cuties, we deploy you. Operation uh, Uber, you've been activated. Sleeper agents around the country. <laughs> Watch our, like, listenership actually go up, though. That'd be insane.